Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. All right, what's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a platform. So, uh, we've got a little bit of We've got a little bit of off-season news for you. Um, some preseason rank stuff. Brissett, obviously, that was the big news. And then, um, you know, some uh, name and likeness stuff. They're trying to bring back college football video games, which would be fantastic. And we, yeah. we're recording in the AM. It's Memorial Day. And yes. we want to thank... Happy Memorial Day, Sean. Yeah, you too, buddy. And we want, we want to thank everybody um, for their service, especially, obviously, those that... Uh, sacrificed everything in their, sacrifice. their families, uh, the Gold Star families out there. Uh, there is no words that can be said to express the gratitude. And, um, you know, that's what today is about. It's not about, yes. you know, your hot dog and whatnot. And I know, I know you guys know that. But uh, it is mem- actually Memorial Day. And if you did not notice, Joe didn't even crack a beer. It's because it is still a.m., <laughs> it is still AM, and I was wondering. I was wondering, is the beer gonna crack? And the answer no. is no. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> I'm proud of you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know, eleven o'clock in the morning. You know, I could barely contain myself, but uh, I know it's getting close to noon. You must be like jumping out of your skin right now. I uh, I know you were probably. <laughs> I know you were probably up late. Uh, watching Martin Truex Jr. win the Coca Cola 600, so yeah, yeah, um, I stayed up and watched it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So had some adult beverages during that. So. Yes, of course. Um, so anyway, uh, we want to get into all this stuff with you, and uh, we are going to do that. But first, I want to tell you about Seat Geek. Uh, listen. You need tickets to stuff, go to SeatGeek. You have nothing to lose by going to SeatGeek. You go there, they actually do the shopping for you. It scans the webs for the best deal on whatever ticket you're looking for, whether it be a game or a concert, and it rates them for you on a scale from 0 to 10, and it lets you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck by marking these deals. Um, not only ranking them, but marking them with a green dot, that's um, that's a good deal. That's a, one of the best deals on the internet you're going to find. The yellow dot is mediocre, and the red dots, well, those deals, they, no bueno. they, they suck. So, uh, if you want to get in on some of the action, you can get $20 off your first purchase if you use the promo code ACAA at checkout. And, um, you know, you can save 22 bucks. So, uh, Armchair All-Americans, ACAA, at checkout. Get that 20 bucks off your first purchase. Uh, Seat Geek, life's an event, and we have the tickets. So, well, let's get started. Yes, now, sir. Now, we, di- we had some preseason rank things. Athlon Sports came out with theirs. Um, oh, you know what? First, especially those in, in Syracuse. 
yeah. uh, the athletic director and uh, others around the Syracuse area are urging everybody to call and contact their cable pr- providers to um, uh, express your your how delighted you would be if they would if Spectrum especially would carry the ACC network that's going to launch yeah. this summer and you know you're going to need it I don't know you know with, <laughs> there's so much politicking that goes on and, th- and I mean I've heard some horror stories about Spectrum and, and up there <laughs> and it's, it just makes no sense for them not to carry the ACC network right. uh, but uh, you know apparently it's not they're not on board yet so no, make your. It's got to be worth it for them. Yeah, and... of course, of course. But you'll be streaming a lot of the games <laughs> if you don't. <laughs> so yeah, we all know how that goes. So, that's true. Spectrum is their major cable market up there, and uh, in Syracuse.com's article, the with John Wildhack, you know, from him being executive at ESPN, he's seen this before, and and he's seen this kind of battle. So. Um, he kind of knows that as long as the pressure gets put on the cable companies, that at some point, even if it's you know the, the end of the day, twenty fourth hour, whatever, um, that usually they make a negotiation. So, um, but yeah, the the public and the fans, if if you want part of this, who knows how many games we're going to be on there? If it's going to be a stream and you know to where we could watch every game, but if it's another option where we could possibly be playing and you can you know get it on Spectrum. Then, so I'm gonna have the same problem down here. I have Spectrum down in Raleigh. So, well, well same issue. Uh, I have call them. Yeah, I have direct. Well, you don't have right to worry now. about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know, but um, I will find out though. Obviously, if you have Direct TV like I do, you'll you'll want to find out if you. And if of course, if you live, you know, out of Syracuse, you're gonna want to find out. I would get on it, and uh, you know. Call it doesn't take nothing to send an email. Five minutes, right? So anyway, or you can call. But um, that is that. Uh, Athlon's preseason football rankings. Now you know it's one. It's one thing like with basketball. I don't pay too much attention to um, the rankings, especially in the beginning of the year with basketball. In fact, I kind of, I kind of don't like being ranked. Sometimes. Feel like it's a bad omen sometimes. I don't know. Uh, you, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Seems like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but with football, it's totally different. And yeah. you got you've you've really got to start ranked to have a shot. You know, going into the end of the year. So I mean, that's what it's all about. It's not big tournaments. Four teams. So yeah, yeah. Um, it takes a lot. Yeah, that's what you're. That's what I was gonna say. As far as basketball goes, we know that. You don't even have you can be you can not be ranked the whole season and still make the tournament. Um, so, you know, and and more more teams make it. And again, like in football, you you jump out of the top ten. You know, jump jump out of the you know the college football playoff team, uh, the four teams that play in that, and then maybe the you know the New Year's Day bowls, and pretty much they come down to not really being that important to the rest of the country. So yeah, with a you know, chance to play Clemson every year, right? You know. You've got, you you've got to start preseason ranked and, and you know. Uh, well, I mean, there's chances when you're on the outside. I mean, especially if you're a power five team. I think um, if you're a non-power five team that wants to try to get in a playoff, um, then you definitely have to start ranked up there because it takes a little while, especially with the competition that you play to move up. But something like a power five team, if you keep winning, even if you start out, you know, not ranked, it might take a little bit longer. But um, 
but yeah, it's it's like you said, it's it's definitely a different it's a different feeling when you're preseason ranked in football compared to basketball, without a doubt. And with the non-conference schedule Syracuse has this year, you know they got a chance to to start off, you know, really ripping, you know, and start off four and zero, you know, and so. Uh, yeah, well, they, again, the expect, expectations are going to be high. Oh, I know. So, I know. And we have Clemson squeezed in between our four non-conference oh, that's right. teams. That's so, right. But yeah. either way, uh, like you said, it's a, it's a more easy, um, maneuverable schedule, if you will. Uh, our, our away games in the ACC don't really look that bad. And, um, yeah, our non-conference schedule is not that bad. We're not playing a Notre Dame or you know a college playoff type caliber team. Um, we'll get Pittsburgh in the dome. We get Clemson in the dome. So um, not only Athlon, but even other you know Barstool, Sporting News, ESPN, everything. Uh, I, there's a I think Mike McAllister article on two four seven Sports. It might not be him, but um, and it's basically all of you know, the predictions, preseason stuff from all these, these different uh, media outlets. And we've been getting nothing but hype. Uh, I think if you look at our chances as far as like winning the ACC and possibly doing, doing well or a sleeper, a college football sleeper, um, it's usually, you know, people have been mentioning Clemson and then us. So um, the expectations in the media are starting to get high. With 10 wins last year, then getting preseason ranked, the expectations from the fans are going to be just ginormous. So that makes me a little makes me a little nervous, my bud. Yeah, well, they they gave us they put us in at 21st. Athlon did, and they they did uh, they did dive a little bit. They give Tommy uh, Tommy DeVito, you know, coming off as a four star prospect out of high school. He played in eight games last fall. They mentioned Mo Neal. And the Oklahoma trans- transfer uh, Abdul Adams will mm-hmm. be will be good. And then you got Sean Riley, Nakeem Johnson, Tristan Jackson. I mean, that's a hell of a receiving core right, right. there. Well, yeah, it, I mean, it's arguably our best uh, running backs and receivers group since Babers has been well for a long time. Let's y- just put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, as we know, the big question mark is the offensive line. You got two returner, uh, two. Um, starters returning, and you've got the South Alabama transfer, Ryan Alexander. So, um, And then as far as defense goes, defense was impressive last year as well and, and only on the rise, minus the linebacker core. But you got Alton Robertson, Kendall, Kendall Coleman. They're coming back. 20 sacks between them both last fall. Yeah. So, and you know... No, uh, I, believe, I believe in the depth, man. I believe yeah. in the depth that we have, and... Uh, Really, the only cons- my biggest concern, like I talked about and we've talked about before, is just I mean the defensive line. I don't think it's as deep and experienced as we might need it to be. Um, we do have really good defensive ends though, and if we can stay healthy there, then um, it could help. But I think we're going to be able to. I think our linebackers are going to get a little bit better, and they'll they'll improve just kind of like what Guthrie and Keelan Whitner did. So again, um, I see why the expectations there. I see why people see that. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Tommy DeVito. Well, it's got to be, right? I mean, so, I mean, you've got those receivers. You, you just, you have all the tools. You, so right. you, you've got to, you've got to, you got to use them. You got to be, um, you know, you got to take advantage of that while you got it, man, because that's going to be awesome. And then, you know, 
and Andre Cisco too back. Oh, so yeah. uh, secondary should be really, really well. Yeah. yeah, I just I, I think Devito has to play within himself, like just um just not try to do too much. You know, like Dungey, it felt for the longest time that he just always had to do so much because of the people. You know, he had some good players around him, but not like what we have now. So, you know, if Devito can just you know, if if they can't, you know, use the running game, you know, use the power running game, play action, kind of protect him, um, depending on, you know, what your offensive line looks like. And, and with the players that he has, I mean, as long as he doesn't try to do too much, you know, he's got players around him now where he doesn't have to do everything. Just, you know, manage the game. Don't make mistakes. Play within yourself. I mean, you're still a sophomore. you got plenty of years to be to be that superstar. And he saw, he saw action last year and, you know, so yeah, that's eight the, games the, is a decent amount. Yeah, I mean, he saw action yeah. in half the games. So yeah. in some games, in some games he looked good and in some games he didn't look so good, but, no, um, but. we got the best of both worlds as far as what he's done. I mean, when you look at Notre Dame and then like what he did at North Carolina, um, I mean, we don't win that game at North Carolina without him. So he yeah, actually le- legitimately won a game yeah. for us. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yep. Um, so, anyways, that's that's that. Now, the biggest news, of course, since we've been uh, gone, gone, I guess, was uh, the Brissett news and him just going out and balling at the combine. <sighs> yeah. And you're like, and I know every Syracuse fan is sitting here going, "Well, where was this? <laughs> uh, where was this last season? <laughs> right? I mean." He did quietly average like 12 points a game, like 12 points a game and like eight rebounds or something like that. Or not eight. Right. It wasn't, yeah. eight. It wasn't eight. It was like four or something, right? So, yeah. um, but, which is quiet, but, you know, it was because he had his moments where he was really, really good. And then he just had his moments where he was just not, you know, going three for 10 from behind the arc. So, yeah. anyway, he's going to stay in the draft. And, I mean, he technically. Being today is the 27th. Technically, he's got two more days. But, um, you know, there just isn't enough uh, mock draft boards that have been out since the Combine stuff. Right. To really say where he is, but I guess he feels confident, and there's been some insiders, and I've read a couple things saying that he's he's projected in the first round now. So, uh, so I mean... <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of up in the air. Technically, two days, but I mean, Joe, what do you think? I mean, he's 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 gone, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he most likely is. I, depending on what kind of news he gets, and he probably this whole last week and probably the next couple of days, he's probably going to do some team workouts and some interviews. Um, but he is probably pretty much good as gone. Usually, what happens, especially when you play that like that, you know, and he heard some positive things. There's probably a couple teams that are out there saying, you know. We're, we're going to take him if he gets there. We're going to take him if he gets there. But, again, that's all contingent on who's there. When, you know, some teams just assume some other players are going to be there and everyone's got their, their draft boards and the players they like and who's in front of who. So um, they want all their options to be on the table. So, sadly, that's one of those things where you just got to hope that possibly the draft goes the way that these teams that like you think that it's going to go because sometimes that happens where they'll play they'll tell agents you know there's probably a couple teams telling his agent that or telling him that if you're there then we're going to get you and that they like his potential because of you know his his body his athletic ability as far as that size ready to go Uh, they saw that he could play some defense and like you said he did play really well so 
Uh, I'd be willing to bet there's probably a team out there with a need for somebody like him and likes his potential and uh, is telling him that they're going to take him. doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. But there is there is there is a glimmer. There's a glimmer to, um, of, of hope. Now, we asked you what, you, what you all thought um, on social media about uh, w- whether this was going to be a positive effect, a negative effect on next year. Look, I, I will say this. I will say this. I don't think it's necessarily negative. The only thing that concerns me about next year's team is the, how young they are. But you got the Italy trip. Yeah. You got the Italy trip. You get some cohesion there. So we'll see. But there is also uh, a prospect that is going to announce tomorrow, Tuesday, May 28th, on his Twitter page. He's going to disclose where he's going to go to college. And that is six foot eight, uh, Woody Newton. He's from Mountain Zion Prep in Maryland, uh, just outside of D.C. And he actually attended... The Duke game at the Carrier Dome uh, last February as part of an unofficial visit. So nice. uh, he's been there, and it's been kind of low-key. But he is, he's 6'8", six, he's six, and he's about, he's about Brissett's size. And, of course, I watched his tape, and he's impressive, man. He's impressive. He plays, he plays very aggressive, and he, t- he can take it to the hole, too. And um, so... He'll announce well, tomorrow. According, cross our fingers. Yeah, according to Rivals.com, uh, there's a guy over there named Corey Evans. He posted earlier this month that he's actually projecting Newton to pick SU. So, nice. I mean, this is 2020, right? Yeah, it's 2020. So, um, it, it, you know, hey, you know, you got a backup. We deal with what we got, but. Um, you know, you have something coming in in uh, a little over a year. Be, uh, it's exciting, man. It's exciting. These young guys, yes. I know it's a ways out, but these young guys are, uh, t- I mean, their tapes are just, they're fun to watch. So anyway, look for that tomorrow on his page. But uh, we asked whether or not, uh, what y'all thought about it. So uh, let's do, let's do uh, some Twitter. Did you look at any of these, Joe? I looked at some of them, yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with at Durham Charlie. He says, uh, negatively, um, he underperformed most of the year except oddly at the draft combine, but he would have been the best player on our team next year with the exception of maybe Hughes. The season coming up might be ugly, like 15 wins and no tourney ugly. Oh, man, I don't know about that. I don't uh, know about that. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, he's got a point as far as he'd be one of the better players, without a doubt. Well, he was going to oh, be yeah. somebody, you know, somebody that we would have looked for to go get back to his dominating ways as he was as a freshman. I think uh, this past year, I think that there was more shots to go around, you know, Buddy Beheim, Elijah Hughes. Uh, so I think that he had a tough time trying to, you know, just with his role change and how many shots he was getting and stuff like that. So I think that that's why he had some, some rough games, but I mean, he secretly still did pretty well. I mean, a lot of people, he just regressed from his freshman year, but when you look at it, he was six points away from what being the seventh, seventh player to get to a thousand points in two years at Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he also had the most two year, what was it two-year rebounding total uh, behind um, was it Derek Coleman? I think. 
So, I mean, between rebounding and points and everything, he's up there with some of the, the better, you know, double-doubles and those type of guys. So, um, he just – the expectations were a little bit higher. So, that's why people thought that he played down. Once he got down to the NBA, he started going to those camps and stuff. Man, he must have just – I don't know. Dude, he had 2.9% body fat. Yeah, I know. What I mean, whatever. That's, but, you know, that's just he showed up in really, really good shape. I mean, yeah. it's like – the best number in like a decade. <laughs> really, is it? Yeah. I read um, that somewhere. So at, at JD's dad three, we will be just as bad or good without him. In other words, he was a non factor. And with the I I don't know if he was a non factor, but with the way that he played last year, I mean people have got a sour taste in their mouth. He plays like that and then, you know, well he quietly did pretty decent, but he was just not the same and like you had just mentioned, and then he goes to the combine and he puts out like that. And it's it, it, as an SU fan, you got to be happy for him. Like I don't, I'm so used to this. It doesn't. It's whatever. No, it's whatever. You don't have to. As an as an SU fan, obviously, you don't have to be. <laughs> well, I get you I don't. Mean, but I mean, it's the we, right thing. We to, we celebrate it. Right. That's true. I mean, I not guess. everybody looks at it like that. I mean, there's something about when a player doesn't really. He comes through and he's good, but he never really. Like you don't see his full potential, like in that uniform. You know, I always compare it to like, uh, like Duke and Kyrie Irving. You know, Kyrie Irving's a great NBA player. They talk about he's a superstar and everything, but he went to Duke and he was injured for half the season. He came in and I think they ended up losing to like Mercer or Lehigh or something in the first round of the tournament. <laughs> so they didn't get the best of that player. So you know, those fans probably weren't very happy with him and I think that that's what it's about with 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 O'Shea Brissett and our fans I think it, with he, O'Shea Brissett and our fans and it's the it's the way I feel too so I can relate to it but there's a there's a part of me that's kind of like see you later uh, fine because I don't feel like he gave his all for that team last year I don't think he was always being a team player I think he was played selfishly a lot last year but with that said I mean I wish the guy luck I mean you know I mean, right. I understand. I understand the cynicism of the fans. I get it. Uh, at damn twin, hard to tell at this point, but a whole lot of new starters and new faces. The Italy trip is critical for cohesion. Potential and ta- uh, potential and talent are there, but a really young roster. Happy for O'Shea. Yeah. So that's going to be huge. Obviously, it's Italy. We t- yeah. we talked about it last time. It's going to be a big one. The the Italy trip. So yeah, oh um, yeah, and, and I I, like I said, I hope that there's going to be a way to stream it because that's not those aren't even like games that you watch and like hope that you know care about if they win. You know, that's more or less just four games. And as a fan, I just want to sit there and watch. I mean, what do we have? Five freshmen, four sophomores, and three juniors, or something like that. Like, yeah. I just want to watch our young team try to figure it out and see who's going to step up and grow on that trip. Uh, at Aaron Matthew, he says uh, his rebounding will be missed a lot. It is a setback, but I think Quincy is the real deal. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what we got to hope for, right? So. <laughs> yeah, well, Braswell, Braswell came in in some spots last year and played good. I mean, I, the, I went to the NC State game um, that we lost, but Braswell came in and, and he played great. Uh, so... He played I mean, as far as on the defensive end. Plus, Guerriere, they talked about him having a chance to, you know, be a starter even if O'Shea Brissett came back because of Hughes. And I mean, they really, they really look at that guy to be our best player. 
coming in. I mean, he might not be as high as highest ranked, but you know, his scouts look at him and, and everything and, and how he plays. Uh, that's a guy that can definitely come in and make a difference. So, um, you know, Sage just opened the door for him. Yeah, I mean, and it's next man up, dude. It's, it's yep. it is what it is. At yep. one, Kev Nash with three and a half new starters. No more blaming Frank or no more hoping for a double double from O'Shea. No more being bailed out by Tyus. The new season is on the way. Hashtag go Q's. Yeah, yep. with what we said last year. I mean, how many times did we say you know this team they they. Tyus was out a couple times, and you had Buddy Beheim just step up big time. You had this team wasn't when they weren't relying on Tyus, and they played as a team. They were so much better. But when Tyus does so much when he's in there, it's like everybody just back backed off. You know, and there's going to be no more of that. I mean, Tyus Battle's going to be gone. So you got to play the the cohesion, the in the um, in you know relying on one another instead of one guy. That could be that could be something that um, you know. That we see, and that's gonna that's gonna be a positive thing. It really is. Yeah. Oh, but the but he's, he talked about it. It's 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 kind of a different, it's a different, like chapter, especially with O'Shea leaving too. Um, I mean, you still got the the Dolajai and and Sidibe who's been there for the last couple of years, but the last two years, exactly what that comment just said is basically what it's been. It is two years of frustration because you see the talent. You saw our little run that we had in the tournament two years ago, and it looked like it was going to get better. And last year, it seemed like we regressed, and it was very frustrating. And again, it was the same. For the past two years, it's been that. Like, blame Frank, blame Chukwu, rely on battle to score. And and hope Brissett shows up. And hope Brissett <laughs> shows up. Yeah, basically. So now all that is gone. It leaves a lot of unanswered questions. <laughs> it is. It's hard to. It's hard to speculate. It's hard to. It's hard to even say. You know. Oh, I think this team's going to be great. I mean, obviously, you want to say that as a Syracuse fan, you want to be optimistic, but we just don't know, and that's kind of uh, exciting to me. Yeah. To see well, yeah. We have that's... twelve. We have twelve players with Division One scholarships. They're twelve Division One players. It's not like they're you know in a Power Five. You know, one of the toughest college basketball conferences I, I, in, I will in, say if not the toughest I will say I think that these players are slightly maybe this this new incoming class might be slightly underrated um I, I can agree with that but I don't it's hard to agree with that you know not sound biased as a fan I, I know, know I know but what's interesting I think about this is just the difference because something like that and losing all these players they kind of frustrated us last year and seeing this influx of youth like yes experience matters and you know you want to be able to to have the size and sometimes freshmen don't have you know the muscle and and speed of the game down and stuff so sometimes that's scary but learning curve i mean well yeah but it's funny because some people we've heard it this year some people are so positive about the next chapter you know what i'm saying yeah and then but then you just heard the other guy that we we lost those four, and he thinks we're going to win fifteen games. So it's just funny how yeah, far off the spectrum our fans go when something like this happens. You know? Yeah, you get the you get the overly biased or the overly pessimistic. It's just how it is, and we right. we should all be used to this by now. But <laughs> it's always funny to contrast the two. At right. Connor O'Grady. Uh, really going to miss watching him shoot three for 13 every game next season. I sense sense a little (laughs) bit of sarcasm there. I enjoy that. I'm with him there on that. I'm with him on that because it was so awful to watch sometimes. And that's what I was talking about. (laughs) Some of the, uh, 
some of the selfish play, I felt like, you know, he was trying to do too much because he was trying to boost his stock, and I think that that was definitely something that happened. I think that uh-huh. I really do. That's my opinion, though. At- I think that you could always make some, I don't know, you can make an argument that if you want to see it, then you'll find it. But Yeah, well, I, I know, but of course, but it's an objective opinion. So I mean, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Though, if you if you want to f- find evidence for something like that, you can because there's always going to be those games where someone might be trying to do too much. But then you take a look at like Dolzhai, who maybe just doesn't do enough sometimes. I mean, he's so <laughs> stand. You know what I'm saying? It's, right. It's almost like you're waiting for him to really try to, to, to try to do more, and you know, um, at Dynamo Pavel, whatever that is. Uh, very worried about rebounding. We can't rebound again, and we're not going to be able to push the pace. Skepti- skeptical about moving the ball. JB always has never minded ball stopping. Uh, we have too many bean poles, and <laughs> probably will get killed inside on the glass. <laughs> well, he recruits bean poles for a reason. There's, there's a reason for that. But, you know. What do you think about being on inside? Now, Quincy Garrier, he's he's what six six seven, seven I think six yeah. seven two oh five Brissett or two oh three something like that. Brissett's what six six eight two ten yeah. or something like that. So right. you know he has he has a comparable size to Brissett, right. and it's just a matter of the the you know the talent. So well, it's tough because we don't. It's uh, again those are just kind of a tough comments because you're saying that and you have no idea what we have incoming as far as we haven't even seen him yet. So he says we can't rebound, but it could be a situation where Sadibi's not even in there. And maybe like you said, Guerriere is just a good rebounder or they move. They're allowed to move Dolce over to the, to the wing spot on, you know, the sides as like a forward spot, which is what he's, that's his actual position. You wouldn't know it watching the last two years. But. <laughs> I, know, I know. Well, they use them where they could. So, uh, right. Anthony on Facebook says, while it definitely hurts losing his experience, I think it can be turned into a positive. There's a lot of fresh young talent coming in, and this will just offer up more minutes to them and the chance to gel. Yeah, we've got – we all wanted to see many of us. I won't say all, but many of us wanted to see more Braswell last year. You know, Carrie, Carrie had some moments where you saw the talent. Um, you know, he, I think he, the pace of the game got to him. I think he was a little flustered, turned the ball over a little bit. But this being them having to step up, sometimes that pressure on these right. guys is all it takes for them to realize, hey, I'm the one that's being relied on now. Ty, like we talked about, Tyus is not here. They're, you know, my team's relying on me. And, you just step up to the plate, you know. That's how it. That's how it goes. College athletes yeah. have been. Well, playing. and again, too, like like you said, people are nervous, but people were like you said, calling for Braswell, calling for um, Jalen Carey to get more minutes because they thought that he might be able to help us at the end of the year uh, if Frank Howard wasn't playing very well. You know, uh, some people like my father was calling for Sadibi to get more minutes, so. <laughs> There might not have been too many of those. There's but, one uh, guy calling for Sadibi to get more minutes, I promise you. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, that's how much he didn't like Chukwu. He wasn't a fan of Chukwu, and he wanted to see Dolce on the, on the wing. But either way, 
now these guys get a chance and um, with other guys that can come in and play as well and hopefully get a little bit better, hopefully surprise us and be better than what we think. So, um, again, it's just an exciting period, but it's also very nerve-wracking as a fan to not know. You know, you'd like to always have, you know, what you're getting back. Okay, well, I can deal with these three guys, these four guys coming back, this, is that. Now it's literally like, uh, oh, man, you just have Elijah Hughes and Doge and – Oh man. <laughs> so there's a lot of the unknown and that's that can be frustrating Don't as a fan. You, I know, but to, I mean you think about it. you said Elijah Hughes. You, you got Elijah Hughes, Buddy Beheim, Sadibi, and Dolzai. I mean those are four guys who have been around and I feel comfortable I feel comfortable. I mean Buddy with the least experience out of the four. I, I feel comfortable with that. Right. I really do. But the you know, only thing that makes that makes me Nervous about what you just said is, and I didn't hear a point guard. <laughs> so <laughs> well, yeah, um, that's true. Well, you got—I mean, Carey. I guess Carey's going to be the like, point. Great. So. If that'd be a great team, if you started the ball at half court, <laughs> didn't have to get it up the court. Well, but I think I the think Carey. Team. I I know. I know. I I I feel you, but I I don't. I, Carey just worries me a little bit with his turnovers that he had last year but I just think I don't think he played enough to be able for the for the I, game to slow down Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, the pace I think the pace of the game got to him. I just he was just maybe um you know, maybe it was flustered but a different situation where he has to be that guy probably starting the year and we'll know more after this Italy trip but he has to be that guy. That pressure sometimes is almost like a relief. It's almost like okay, you know, I I can you know, I can make mistakes and in, in, in recover. And, you right. know, we saw that, you know, with Frank Howard uh, last year or the year before last, technically. But um, yeah. so uh, Christopher says it will hurt us on the glass in theory. I don't know how rugged uh, Quincy is, but Dolzai may start and clean up the missing rebounds. I'm hoping to see significant minute, minutes from Braswell this season. He is a silky smooth scorer and isn't afraid to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think we're gonna see Brad. I I have there's there's Braswell. I have been wa- I've been wanting to see more of him since before the season started. I was excited about him, and yeah. So there was something there. We talked about it. I'm not gonna rehash it all, but there was something there that we weren't seeing. That coach didn't give him the minutes for some reason. So maybe it was practice. We don't know. But um, next year is definitely gonna be able to step up, and next year he's going to definitely be able to. Um, to get more minutes, and we're just gonna have to see what kind of combination coach comes up with. Yeah, and it's well be- between between that Italy trip and the non-conference, there's gonna be. I mean, you're gonna have your your chance to win your spots and win your minutes. And I don't know if there's gonna be so much separation within these positions that you know if you mess up or if you're not you're not showing up that day or you just, you know, like a little out of it or whatever, you're going to, you're going to be coming out pretty fast. So I think that, that competition is going to, you know, it's either going to competition, make- it, 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 competition, it brings out the best in everybody. Right. So when you know, when you know, your 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 playing time's on the line and you yeah. either perform or you sit on the bench, you know, Quality, yeah. cream rises to yeah. the top, man. They're- and hungry, hungry players. I mean, they're talking about. I, th- I thought I read that Beheim wants to turn Bryson Gadine into a point guard. I'm pretty sure Joe Girard's a point guard. Howard Washington, with everything that he's been through, 
who knows where he's going to be at. So there's going to be some hungry guys um, in every position, but that's just an example with the point guard position and Jalen Carey to where um, if Jalen Carey, yeah, his, he's going to be forced to have to be that player. But if he lets the pressure get to him and he can't slow it down, there's three guys right there waiting for him. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Thanks for the fan feedback. Fan feedback is brought to us by my bookie today. Now, if you've never bet online before, maybe you want to do a little bit of research before you go ahead and try it. But if you know what you're getting into, head over to my bookie. They have in-game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for all you fancy guys and gals out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fancy points a player will score each game. So join my bookie now and they'll match your deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks use the promo code qs25 to activate that offer visit my bookie online today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use the promo code qs25 when creating your account to claim up to a thousand dollars in free play um at my bookie you play you win and you get paid okay so go there yep, yep. check them out uh the last thing i want to talk about is this the, the name and likeness stuff for um, the video game end of it. Now, the lawsuit, we remember the lawsuit was Ed O'Bannon back, what year was that? Two, it was after yeah. 2014, right? Because that was the last NCAA football game that came out. Uh, um, well, I mean, I think it was started before yeah, that. Yeah, it was well, started before that, but it was it was uh, that was the last football game that came out. So anyways, the court ruled that EA Sports had used their, their um, likeness without permission and basically your players looked like them the height and weight was the same and the attributes were the same so same number same yeah. number different name but um you know uh, EA Sports they they paid out like some 60 million dollars in settlements after that happened and you know basically what's going on now is you know we've heard the term it'll take an act of congress well it's literally taking an act of Congress as uh, legislation was introduced to the House Ways and Means Committee by Congressman Mark Walker of uh, North Carolina, Joe. That's up your way there, or down your way. And mm-hmm. uh, he says, quote, I am thankful the NCAA has created a working group to examine my Student Athlete Equality Act and how it will empower college athletes with free market opportunities. While this is encouraging, the NCAA has claimed to study this issue for years. Now they need to act to fix the injustice in their model, protect athletes, and save the college sports we love. The NCAA is profiting off the backs of unpaid labor, and I've felt like maybe it's time where we've reached a place to realize that this is wrong. Student athletes are the only ones in college campus who have to sign over their rights to their image, and 99% of these student athletes will never receive any kind of compensation from a professional sport organization. So you're basically uh, stymieing any type of growth and networking. It just doesn't make any sense. And he says it right there. Right. So basically, you know, let these kids let these kids receive a check from EA Sports to be in a video game. What is the big freaking deal? And if Basically, what would happen is if you're like, you know, I don't want to be in that in in the game, and you don't accept the money, then you wouldn't be in in the game. But what is the big deal? Who 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 loses in this if they allow them to do that? Um, right. You know what I'm saying? Who loses? Nobody. So, um, what the NCAA has done is they made an announcement this past week that would create a focus group, and 
you know, what it would do, it would start a conversation, basically, of college athletes being allowed to benefit off their likeness. And um, if the focus group basically can bend the NCAA rules a little bit, then that would open the return for the college football games. Now, they also said that they would not... Um, that the NCAA would basically be doing some kind of extra academic stuff for them, that it wouldn't be cash. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I think I think it's a good starting point. But, you know, the NCAA, the problem with the NCAA is, is they've, they, have, they have talked a big game for a really long time about doing stuff. And they just... They just they they start these committees and it's such a long process. Like, what are yeah. we st- what are we starting the focus group for? What is what is the focus group for? You know, I mean, we know what's going on. So, what I mean, what are we waiting for? What what is it? So anyway, yeah, I don't understand it, but I know, especially like with the video game stuff because. Again, there's college students that can play instruments or act or do stuff like that, and they can go and they can make money if they're good enough. Um, but you know, if a video game wants to come and ask, you know, and pay a player to be in a video game, and just because they play football or basketball or something, then all of a sudden it's it's a problem. This doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. And you know, as far as I can see, it's not that clear. Um, Really, but according to ESPN, as far as I could see, the rule changes, like I said, the modifications to the rules would be tethered to education. And like I said, I mean, I think that this this is the NCAA missing the mark. I think that... Oh, 100%. Right. I mean, I think it opens up the conversation. And basically, what else could you tether to education? I mean, you can say, too, you know, well, they get a... They get... They get the scholarship, they get room and board, they get this, they get that. Well, I mean, that's fine. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But if you but, can get more, yeah. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's nothing tangible, though. And what? who cares if Eric Dungy wants to have a mini camp, a, a quarterback mini camp or something in in the summertime for kids? Right. If if an organization starts a mini camp, like, hey, Eric, we'll pay you this, you know, we'll pay you two thousand dollars, come down for the week, and we'll have a mini camp here in Syracuse for local kids, um, to run drills with you, and, you know, to right. well, what's the big deal if he goes and makes a couple hundred, a uh, couple thousand dollars in? Hey, let me ask you a question. In, uh, in the summertime, what? So I was thinking about it. What do you think? What if they were to? compromise a little bit and what do, what do you think about something like a like a college athlete fund where a college athlete can make this money mm-hmm. through outside sources like you said um but, but they what you make till after. What, what but what you make has to go into this account for you and you can't take any of that until you graduate or you decide to leave college i would be fine with that and I think because that's also it's kind of saying like, hey, you know, you can't benefit as far as get the money right now, but you can kind of build it up and have something for when you egg. get out. And that's egg. because like, right. like it was mentioned, 99 percent of the student athletes will never receive any kind of compensation from a professional um, sports organization. Right. So and I mean, we're talking I mean, I was reading up with on this NCA thing with Ed O'Bannon and everything. And at the end of the day, EA Sports 
because they went after and they made this thing so so big that they got I think something to where there were so many I think up to like it was a hundred thousand um, athletes involved. And when it came down to it at the end, I mean, whether it was money making for some people that were like starting it, like if Ed O'Bannon was trying to make money off this or whatever, or if they were just trying to bring to light this so that they could change it to try to help student athletes, whatever it may be, I think it's everyone. I think the student athletes that are getting paid out, I think, was ended up being like four grand an athlete when it was all said and done with all the athletes that were involved. So, I mean, when you're talking about, we're arguing about four grand. We're arguing about if EA Sports can come to a, a, a college athlete and say, hey, man, we'll give you four grand when you graduate. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if you let us put you in, the, in, the, in our game. Or if like, you what have is the th- trust like you're talking about, what you're essentially right. talking about would be like a trust. And some money is there for the athletes when they decide to leave. You know, right. and, and I mean, I, it's easy for me to sit here as someone who I, was not a college athlete and be like, yeah, I'm fine with that. But, you know, at least then they're getting money. And who's right. who, what right is it of the NCAA to own these kids? They make money off these kids' name and likeness. What? You know, you know what I'm saying? No, the kids no. got to sign their freaking life away to the NCAA. But, uh, you know, EA Sports makes a video game and... and um, you know, and yeah. I realized that, you know, I guess that's not fair either. I, I guess. I mean, no, I mean, you can, I don't know. you can argue I, certain things, but at the end of the day, when you play, when you, when you play collegiate sports, I mean, you sign that contract. I know. Um, and that's, you know, it's the same thing with right. like, you know, the military. Once you sign that contract, you kind of know what you're in for. Absolutely. So these kids, these kids are signing this knowing this. I know so, that. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying they have no choice. That it's fair. Right. They not have no saying that it's fair. You got to play by the NCAA's rules, period, to play in the well, or NCAA. Or you don't play. Or you don't or play. You don't, or you don't get any visibility. You're Darius Baisley. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, the kids now, of course, they're going to sign that. And if, but right. that doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's right. You know, it's true. It doesn't mean it's right. So, um, according to a report by two, uh, report by two four seven Sports. Um, EA, EA Sports was willing to pay the athletes a sum in the past before all this happened, and the NCAA wouldn't allow it. They would still right. be willing to do that because the game, the, especially the football game, obviously is really popular. And I still have yeah. two. I have a PlayStation Three that I still play 2014 on because it's the only way for me to play that game. It's the only game I play in the PlayStation 3. I bought a PlayStation 3 specifically for that. And, <laughs> um, uh, you know, so anyway, look, is there some selfish motives here by me hoping that they get to do this? Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, I've always been an advocate of it, for one. For two, um, I don't even care if I get the game. Just let these let these kids, do, like I said, why can't they start a... Uh, an eBay page and sign autographs. Sell them for 20 right. bucks a pop. Oh, what's, right. What is the harm in that? There is no harm in that. That's the answer. So anyway, um, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Um, anything else, Joe? No, I think that's it. No, sir. I don't have anything else no, written sir. down anyway. But, it's time, um, to, time to hit the grill and it's beer 30. It's beer 30? What time is it? <laughs> it's beer 30 for you. Still, no, not still yet. a little early for me, buddy. Um, all right, so 
Uh, we're going to end the show fitting for Memorial Day. Listen, thanks, um, everybody, for listening. Thanks for participating in fan feedback. Thanks to Armchair All-American, SeatGeek, my bookie, James on guitar. Um, we appreciate it. Trying to keep the trying to keep the um, the show as relevant as possible throughout the off season. So yeah. try to try to do a little here, a little there. And this this episode was actually quite a bit longer than I thought it would be. So uh, that's good. Enjoy. It. I hope everybody uh, has a good uh, holiday weekend. And remember yes. why we celebrate this weekend. So for all of those who gave all and their families, uh, thank you. So. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Hey. training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.